Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 says, Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. Acts 2, 17 and 18 then says, And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women. My friends, as today's session unfolds, remember this. These are the words of I, Howard Marshall. A belief which depends simply upon the compulsion of mighty deeds is not true belief and involves no real change of heart. Happy Family Friday, my friends, and again from my regular microphone. And yes, we do this Monday through Saturday, plus another little segment on Sundays. And why? Because we don't skip spiritual meals. And because I think we have the most meaning and purpose. When we remember every single day our own stories in light of the gospel, including maybe even sometimes the fact that Sometimes you talk to somebody and they've just made up their mind in advance. Or they might talk to you, but it's like they're waiting for you to produce something impossible, right? The perfect argument. Or maybe you're sitting there wondering if a miracle would help. Maybe you even pray for a miracle in their lives. Mark chapter 8. In those days, there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat. He called the disciples and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they've already stayed with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way, and some of them have come from a long distance. His disciples answered him, Where can anyone get enough bread here in this desolate place to feed these people? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked them. Seven, they said. And he commanded the crowd to sit down on the ground, and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. So they served them to the crowd, and they also had a few small fish, and after he blessed them, he said they were to be served as well. The people ate and were satisfied. Then the disciples collected seven large baskets of leftover pieces. About four thousand were there, and he dismissed them. He immediately got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, demanding of him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation demand a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. And then he left them got back into the boat, and went to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to take bread and had only one loaf with them in the boat, and then he gave them strict orders. Watch out! Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. 
They were discussing among themselves that they didn't have any bread. Aware of this, he said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Don't you understand or comprehend? Do you have hardened hearts? Do you have eyes and not see? Do you have ears and not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of leftovers did you collect? Twelve, they told him. And when I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many baskets full of pieces did you collect? Seven, they replied. And he said to them, Don't you understand yet? They came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch the man. He took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. Spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? The man looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hand on the man's eyes, and the man looked intently, and his sight was restored. He saw everything clearly. Then Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Jesus went out with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They answered him, "Mm, John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And Jesus strictly warned them to tell no one about him. Then he began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and rise after three days. He spoke openly about this. Peter took him aside to begin to rebuke him, But turning around and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. Calling the crowd along with his disciples, he told them, If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but... Whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? What can anyone give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And then he told them, Truly I tell you, There are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. And that, my friends, gets us up through chapter 8 and even the first verse of 9, which really kind of goes with it. Turning to our Old Testament segment. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to keep it real today. Right, The feeding of the 4,000 represented Jesus' miraculous provision for the Gentiles, as we've seen the narrative transform here, right? as much as feeding the 5,000 represented his care for the Jews. And Mark's Roman readers, probably his audience, would then 
doubtless have seen that those who came a great distance to be with Jesus foreshadowed the church's mission to the ends of the earth. Now, of course, along the way, we heard that the Pharisees demand a sign from heaven, which recalls the Israelites testing God in the wilderness back in Deuteronomy. And one reason that, possible reason that Jesus perhaps refused to give a sign was because ample opportunity had already been given for those with eyes to see what he was all about. My friends, a belief which depends simply upon the compulsion of mighty deeds is not true belief and involves no real change of heart. So now, turning to our Old Testament segment, the theme that we mentioned yesterday could be the same as today's. The true awfulness of sin drives home the wonder of the gospel. And interestingly, though, do you remember how yesterday's passage ended? Well, after all the pronouncements of judgment against Moab, God promised to restore their fortunes in the last days, not unlike those verses that we read at the open. And guess what we're going to close with today? Yeah, a little sunshine at the end of the rain. (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 49. Prophecies against Ammon. About the Ammonites, this is what the Lord says. Does Israel have no sons? Is he without an heir? Why then has Milcom dispossessed Gad and his people settled in their cities? Therefore, look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration. When I will make the shout of battle heard against Rabbah of the Ammonites, it will become a desolate mound and its surrounding villages will be set on fire. Israel will dispossess their dispossessors, says the Lord. Wail, Heshbon, for I is devastated. Cry out, daughters of Rabbah. Clothe yourselves with sackcloth and lament. Run back and forth within your walls, because Milcom will go into exile together with his priests and officials. Why do you boast about your valleys, your flowing valley, your faithless daughter, you who trust in your treasures and say, Who can attack me? Look, I am about to bring terror on you. This is the declaration of the Lord God of armies. From all those around you, you will be banished, each person headlong, with no one to gather up the fugitives. But after that, I will restore the fortunes of the Ammonites. This is the Lord's declaration. Prophecies against Edom. About Edom, This is what the Lord of Armies says. Is there no longer wisdom in Timon? Has counsel perished from the prudent? Has their wisdom rotted away? Run, turn back, lie low, residents of Dedan, for I will bring Esau's calamity on him at that time I punish him. If grape harvesters came to you, wouldn't they leave a few grapes? Were thieves to come in the night, they would destroy only what they wanted. But I will strip Esau bare. I will uncover his secret places. He will try to hide, but he will be unable. His descendants will be destroyed along with his relatives and his neighbors. He will exist no longer. Abandon your fatherless. I will preserve them. Let your widows trust in me. For this is what the Lord says. If those who do not deserve to drink the cup must drink it, Can you possibly remain unpunished? Oh, my friends, bam! I'm going to read that again. 
For this is what the Lord says, If those who do not deserve to drink the cup must drink it, can you possibly remain unpunished? You will not remain unpunished, for you must drink it too. For by myself I have sworn, this is the Lord's declaration, Basra will become a desolation, a disgrace, a ruin, and an example of cursing, and all its surrounding cities will become ruins forever. I have heard an envoy from the Lord. A messenger has been sent among the nations, saying, Assemble yourselves to come against her. Rise up for war. I will certainly make you insignificant among the nations. As to the terror you cause, your arrogant heart deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rock, you who occupy the mountain summit, though you elevate your nest like the eagles, even from there I will tear you down. This is the Lord's declaration. Edom will become a desolation. Everyone who passes by her will be appalled and scoff because of all her wounds. As when Sodom and Gomorrah were overthrown along with their neighbors, says the Lord, no one will live there, no human being will stay in it, even temporarily. Look, it will be like a lion coming from the thickets of the Jordan to the watered grazing land. I will chase Edom away from her land in a flash. I will appoint whoever is chosen for her, for who is like me? Who will issue me a summons? Who is the shepherd who can stand against me? Therefore, hear the plans that the Lord has drawn up against Edom and the strategies he has devised against the people of Teman. The flock's little lambs will certainly be dragged away, and their grazing land will be made desolate because of them. At the sound of their fall, the earth will quake. The sound of her cry will be heard at the Red Sea. Look, It'll be like an eagle soaring upward, then swooping down and spreading its wings over Basra. In that day, the hearts of Edom's warriors will be like the heart of a woman with contractions. About Damascus, this is prophecies against Damascus. Hamath and Arpad are put to shame, for they have heard a bad report and are agitated like the anxious sea that cannot be calmed. Damascus has become weak, She has turned to run. Panic has gripped her. Distress and labor pains have seized her like a woman in labor. How can the city of praise not be abandoned, the town that brings me joy? Therefore her young men will fall in her public squares. All the warriors will perish in that day. This is the declaration of the Lord of Armies. I will set fire to the wall of Damascus. It will consume Benadad's citadels. Prophecies against Kedar and Hazor. About Kedar and the kingdoms of Hazor, which King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon defeated, this is what the Lord says. Rise up, attack Kedar, and destroy the people of the east. They will take their tents and their flocks along with their tent curtains and all their equipment. They will take their camels for themselves. They will call out to them, Terror is on every side. Run. Escape quickly. Lie low, residents of Hazor. This is the Lord's declaration. For King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has drawn up his plan against you. He has devised a strategy against you. Rise up. Attack a nation at ease, one living in security. This is the Lord's declaration. They have no doors, not even a gate bar. They live alone. Their camels will become plunder and their massive herds of cattle will become spoil. I will scatter them to the wind in every direction. Those who 
clip the hair on their temples. I will bring calamity on them across all their borders. This is the Lord's declaration. Hazor will become a jackal's den, a desolation forever. No one will live there. No human being will stay in it, even temporarily. Prophecy against Elam. This is our last little one for today. This is the word of the Lord that came to the prophet Jeremiah about Elam at the beginning of the reign of King Zedekiah of Judah. This is what the Lord of Armies says. I am about to shatter Elam's bow, the source of their might. I will bring the four winds against Elam from the four corners of the heavens, and I will scatter them to all these winds. There will not be a nation to which Elam's banished ones will not go. I will devastate Elam before their enemies, before those who intend to take their lives. I will bring disaster on them, my burning anger. This is the Lord's declaration. I will send sword after them until I finish them off. I will set my throne in Elam, and I will destroy the king and officials from there. This is the Lord's declaration yet. Yet in the last days, I will restore the fortunes of Elam. This is the Lord's declaration. And that is Jeremiah 49. Remember that it is in the book of Jeremiah that we hear the clearest and first version of the new covenant that you find in the Old Testament. In the last days, God's Son would be the fulfillment of the law and God's Spirit will be poured out on all who trust in Jesus. My friends, what does that mean? It means we should take seriously that belief which depends simply upon the compulsion of mighty deeds is not true belief and involves no real change of heart. Proverbs 10, picking up in verse 18 for our wisdom segment today. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. When there are many words, sin is unavoidable, but the one who controls his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is pure silver. The heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die for a lack of sense. The Lord's blessing enriches, and he adds no painful effort to it. I'm going to say that last one again. It gets us up through verse 22. The Lord's blessing enriches, and he adds no painful effort to it. My friends, you remember when Jesus said, my yoke is easy? That doesn't mean life is easy or has no work. It means that the gospel brings us something. And, and honestly, that is what others will see and sense when we just live out the gospel story, passing along what we have received. Right? And yes, the world is going to look for the spectacular. And that's our theme today. A belief which depends simply upon the compulsion of mighty deeds is not true belief and involves no real change of heart. What does transform? 
I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women. Lord God, I pray that you will help us see and be through your power truly transformed and that we will live transformed lives that just bring the gospel to bear, that add weight to the words that you've given us to pass along. My friends, I know that when we have a real change of heart by the power of the Lord, that others will see. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.